and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages. I'm as mad as hell, and I'm not going to take this anymore. I'm going to show the whole world why I was the unscripted, uncensored, loose cannon of commentary. I'm back, baby. Broadcasting from Manchester in the United Kingdom, this is the Aaron Meta Show. Fourth of uh, February, 2017. You're listening to the Aaron Meta Show, uh, broadcasting this uh, weekend. Uh, hope you're all having a good week so far, or weekend so far, I guess. Uh, as you can probably guess, uh, we're still using the old intro, and uh, we're still doing a load of uh, testing all in the background. So uh, all of this is still in alpha at the moment. So uh, mind you, I hope you're. Uh, I mean, if you do like the old intro, then uh, yeah, yeah, that's great. But uh, I'm still trying to find a, a decent way to try and fire Duke Nukem at the moment. So uh, without him killing me. So uh, that's going to be. Uh, easier said than done at the moment. So, anyway, joining me on the show, as you can probably see above me, if you're uh, listening to our test stream or if you're uh, just listening on the podcast, it's uh, Ajaya. Hey. Katie. I think she just cut out on us again. <laughs> oh, yeah. oh, she can hear us. And Patricia from the Old School Lane podcast. Hello there. Hey. How's everybody been getting on? Uh, Ajaya, what's been your week like? Um, I've just been trying to get my life back on schedule because the holidays kind of just wrecked havoc on my schedule and on my diet, and I've been trying to get back into that, into my good habits. Yeah. I'll tell you what, you've been doing really, really well in your diet recently. Uh, you've done some before and after uh, posts, and uh, yeah, you've uh, you've achieved quite a lot. Thank you, yeah. Yeah. Um, so, Katie, about yourself, how's your week gone? Yeah, it's been good. I've been um, producing lots of different bits of radio, so it's been a good week. And uh, it's been challenging, but I like a challenge, and, and it all sounded good. So, yeah, fingers crossed, can build on that for next week. Very good. Um, Patricia, how are things going for you? Everything's been going well so far. I just recently posted up a discussion-slash-review video of the Proud Family's Black History Month special, and I also posted a new episode of my podcast, Casual Chats, talking about Nick Arcade with a special guest. That's awesome. And also, you managed to finally get the uh, 20 20, uh, top episodes of Hey Arnold back up. Yeah, well, unfortunately, that didn't last very long. It got blocked by Viacom again, so again. I pretty much gave up. Oh, no way. Didn't you, like, put a trailer up for it and then linked it somewhere else? I thought that's what you did for the, uh, the other yeah, video. Yeah, that's, that's what I had to do. I had no other choice. Yeah. Well, is that on Vimeo or... Uh... No, it's on um, uh, Springboard Video. Oh, Springboard. That's cool. Yeah, because I'm sure that, you know, it's like YouTube sooner or later is not going to be the only game in town again. It's going to be, uh, there's going to be other ones coming up, I'm, I'm, I'm sure of it. And so I've heard of other people kind of going off into other places as well. So, uh, yeah, who knows? It's uh, it's pretty good out there. Um, as for myself, uh, as you probably can hear, I've been uh, doing some more technical uh, uh, adjustments with uh, with the show. Hopefully we sound better this time because uh, I've just noticed that uh, there's like been bandwidth restrictions and also different ports that uh, Skype appears to want to use. So I've uh, condensed all that now and uh, should all be uh, we should all be able to uh, hear each other now. So that should be uh, one plus that's going on going on at the moment. And uh, yeah, also I did my uh, Star Fox 64 Let's Play, which uh, is one of the first ones I've actually managed to like. Uh, record and uh, do live stream off so I think and also it looks really good as well because uh, uh, for whatever reason um, it was uh, some of the ones that I did before it was just trying to crush the screen and uh, make it so pixelated so uh, I've managed to uh, get that all sorted out now and so I actually look decent uh, looking at that uh, looking at this one as well and uh, oh also as well um, this week I discovered a really cool YouTube channel Um, have you heard of Braille skateboarding? No. No. Oh, it's no. 
It's awesome. They've got this segment that they do where they get people to... And I, I, I learned about this from the uh, the Hydraulic Press channel, that uh, guy from Finland who likes to crush things with the Hydraulic Press. And uh, he, uh, he well, in his Beyond the Press channel, he decided to build a skateboard out of toilet paper. And so he took, like, loads of rolls of toilet paper and crushed them all into, like, a board and then put some, like, uh, skates... Uh, like, some skates on the... Uh, on the bottom of it, like, you know, like, uh, wheels of a skateboard, and then build a skateboard out of toilet paper, and that was just a hilarious thing I've ever seen, and, uh, he's actually then, as a second part, posted it off to these guys called Braille Skateboarding, who have this YouTube channel where they test out, like, people, like, skateboards that people make out of, like, glass and, like, rebarb and concrete and things like that, and so, uh, oh, it's just, it's the most hilarious thing I've ever seen. Anyone who's, uh, not seen it, I suggest they go out and see it as well, and, uh, you know, after you've done, uh, you know, watching some old school lane podcast and, you know, watching the Aaron Mezzi show, of course, but, uh, yeah, you should definitely uh, check that out, that's just been some hilarious stuff I've been uh, entertaining myself with for the last week, so. Really cool. That sounds very interesting. Yeah. Mm. yeah. Um, okay, so we're going to move on to uh, some of the stuff we're going to talk about now, and uh, um, this deal with Snapchat... I mean, they're saying that it's going to become the next Facebook, and they, they're they going to be floating it out publicly to, uh, you know, obviously garner some cash, you know, the same way that other things have gone on in the past, you know, Facebook has even has been uh, been floated on the on the market before, and even uh, Pixar's been floated on the market, you know, to uh, for, from risk and to reward, and obviously we see the rewards now. But I don't know, it's like, does anyone here actually use Snapchat? Because I don't. Yeah, I've been, been using it. Um, I wouldn't say it's the new Facebook though. I think it's it's a bit like, um, although s- different platform, but similar to something like Instagram. In that I can Im- imagine in time that Snapchat will become an enhancement of something like Twitter or, or Facebook. I think Facebook's a sort of platform which just encompasses all really. Yeah, it's just it's a, well. I mean, obviously Facebook's been around for much longer, so I mean you can give Facebook that, and so it's had a more more of an opportunity to garner users. And same thing for Twitter as well. I mean, when did Snapchat come into play? I think about two thousand and eleven, something like that. Quite, you know, it wasn't. It was far. It was far. It was far. It's 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 far younger than some of the other social media out there. So, and it's very limited in what you can do. It's with it being picture based. Obviously, it's. It, you can you can only do so much with with those images, whereas something that's more text based, you can do lots more with it. I think. Yeah, it's like I know a picture paints a thousand words, but you know, does it uh, does it create millions of dollars? I mean, that's the uh, yeah. that's that's the next question for for a Snapchat right now because you know I I wanted a Snapchat account and uh, but the, the the big problem is is that uh, let me let me let me uh, break this down for everybody. I've currently got a website, a YouTube channel a Twitter page, a Facebook, an Instagram that barely gets any use, uh, Reddit, and I'm trying to think of other things that I've got as well. It's like, I've never, you know, even if, I, I probably do have a Snapchat maybe somewhere just to have a bit of fun with it, but probably there's like one picture and then that's it. But, you know, it's like, um, I've never really ventured into Snapchat. Like, what's the appeal? You know, besides, you know, taking a picture and that's it. I, I don't get it. It's uh, for me, Snapchat doesn't feel as uh, as interactive as everything else that we use in, in on the internet. Yeah, I, I agree, but I think it's the um, the quickness of it, and also the fact that that it doesn't last as well. I think anything's timed out, doesn't it, after a certain while, and so that's that's more of its unique selling point. Really, it is very different than than the other the platforms. I find it harder to use as well because the interface is just so different than everything else. Mm. I don't have a Snapchat, so I wouldn't know about um, anything regarding about what you do with it. Yeah. Would you say there's too much social media now? Mm. I guess so. I mean, I guess there's various things that you can do in social media. Doing research, uh, posting things online, catching up with friends. So, yeah, I mean, there's pretty much a lot of things you can do, but... Um, I guess it depends on what you mean by like too much social media. I mean, there's sure there are a lot of sites that does various things, but it's for either a mainstream audience or for a niche audience. Like, you know, you know, for example, watching things on YouTube, right? There are some things that you watch on YouTube and that's like the most mainstream thing, but then there's other 
um, video sites like Dailymotion, Vimeo, and the most recent one that has just been popping up like crazy, Vidme. So it depends. I mean, you you know, think back like 10 years ago in which we had things like MySpace and LiveJournal. And, you know, those things were like really popular and then new things came along and they just took over. So I wouldn't be surprised if maybe like 10 or 20 years from now, then we'll be seeing less of the websites that we do know of and other ones will be coming up and doing some new things to it that'll update what the new website, uh, what the current websites had. And then, you know, we'll just have to wait and see. Yeah, it just feels like, because, um, you know, obviously I just spelled out, like, they, they, I just spelled out my social media presence, you know, like, Facebook.com forward slash Arometa Show, Twitter.com forward slash Arometa Show, uh, Instagram on Arometa Show, um, you know, on, uh, you know, obviously on Arometa.co.uk on, uh, on Word, on uh, the, um, on the website as well, and it's just, you know, well, and also YouTube and, and uh, various other things, and it's just, it's, uh, I don't know, it's just, you know, for me, Snapchat just hasn't really caught on, and I kind of worry that, uh, you know, maybe, I don't know, maybe there's other people who use Snapchat uh, who listen to this show, but right now I feel like, um, I don't feel that this Snapchat is going to be worth as much as um, as Facebook is, and I think you know, I don't know. It's like you know, because I'm not I'm not a business analyst, and also I'm not a user of Snapchat. So you know, my thought is, I mean, my thoughts are limited on this. But I don't see how it can be a success when you know there's you know, there's fairly few people, as far as I'm aware, that use it. So uh, Snapchat at the moment yeah. has about uh, what uh, eight, uh, according to this article, 158 million users a day. Compared to uh, Facebook's 900 million users? I'm wondering if it's going to turn into the next Vine where it just dies. Mm. Do you remember... Uh, oh, what's the one that... Uh, K- Katie, what's the one that WWE tried to promote? Um, oh. Um, I don't know. What What was it? It was like... You, you only posted like uh, six seconds of video. And uh, you're like... Um, yeah... And uh, what do you call it? The guy who played uh, Lord Tenzai, the Prince Albert, he got into massive trouble for it for uh, posting a bit where he was bullying his um, his Chinese assistant on on the road. Oh or something. Yes. yeah, you remember that? Yeah, I know what you mean. Oh man, that that that's, that, that was the that was uh, their social media version of the XFL. It's like you know, it was uh, it just it just went and uh, nobody <laughs> yeah. cared. That's been coming round again, hasn't it, with the 16-year anniversary of that? So. Oh yeah, it's. Uh, I was just trying to think. Uh, well, where is? Uh, where are the XFL teams now? Um, let me have a, let me have a search they, for them. Got um, took up by the NFL, I think they must have done. There was yeah. Okay, so XFL logos, XFL. Uh, we'll be interested to see if I can look them up. Look them up here. Um, but it's just a reminder sometimes about how fleeting certain things can be. You know, if they don't yeah. take on not a trend or you know because all of the theory would have been put down to things like you know whether it's any kind of business whether it's football like xfl or something like vine you know on paper it was supposed to succeed and it just didn't do yeah and sometimes no rhyme or reason to it there west yeah, it kind of reminds me of the gaming industry in which you have like the new gaming consoles like ouya for example and ouya didn't exactly catch on compared to like uh, you know, the big contenders like Sony, Nintendo, and Microsoft. And many people just see Ouya as like this massive failure. I mean, it's supposed to be like you have a console that you can be able to download various games and, you know, it just didn't catch on. And even back then when, you know, the Game Boy Advance pretty much took over handhelds, you had gaming systems like the N-Gage and... Um, Let's see the other one. I, I, I'm blanking out the name of, but oh god, the engage um, was miserable. That yeah. what a miserable failure that was. You you couldn't interrupt the game to take a phone call, I think, and then vice versa as well. I think um, so. You all said like it crashed when you when you got a phone call when you were playing the game. So it was yeah, oh yeah. that oh, was no, miserable. The other one, Gizmondo. That's what the other one was. Gizmondo wasn't that a uh, isn't that a website? Gizmondo no. No, uh, Gizmondo was another handheld that tried to cap on the popularity of the GBA, and it was way ahead of its time. It was it had a GPS, and you can be able to like email people and stuff like that, and 
unfortunately, it didn't have a lot of third party support, and the the founder of the Gizmondo was like linked with the Swedish mafia or something. So, jeez, oh, yeah. So yeah, I, I mean, the the point is, is that you know, similar to like the XFL for like wrestling, football, something, whatever, in which they try to branch out and do new things. Sometimes it doesn't catch on. Like we were discussing about this last week, Arun. Remember when we were talking about how Google has become like the main page where people do their searching, and we were talking about things like AOL and Yahoo and Ask Jeeves. Yeah, and. Uh... I think, uh, I mean, I don't know, because, uh, I mean, obviously search engines, you know, obviously they they serve, like, uh, a singular purpose, and uh, I think uh, I think what they've got here is with Snapchat, I think, is that, uh, I mean, what's the um, the purpose that you have on Snapchat compared to the uh, experience that you have with things like Facebook and with Twitter and uh, with YouTube? It's like, uh, you know, it's, uh, well, I guess you get less copyright claims on YouTube, on Snapchat than you get on YouTube, but uh, uh, I think... Um, I don't know. It's like, cause uh, I mean, good luck to them. It's like while well, when they're doing this, and uh, I hope you know. Obviously, we don't want this to fail. I mean, obviously, I don't want anybody to fail. You know, I want people to succeed. But um, you know, I, I just don't see the appeal of um, as and see what money they're going to make uh, out of this. Uh, from uh, you know, I'm sure maybe there's some investors out there who think, hey, Snapchat. You know, it's uh, that, that's what the, all the young people are into, and uh, who knows? But. Uh, I don't know, really. It's uh, it's sort of kind of a very, very, uh, very strange platform for me. So I, I don't know. I don't think I'll be. Uh, I don't think this wants to make me go out and set up a Snapchat again. Or if I do have one, you know, somewhere down the line, it doesn't really want me to make me to go and uh, discover it again. So this, I don't really know how to start this one. It's um, you know, I've just watched Donald Trump. Um, not to say that he wasn't, uh, you know, poisonous to begin with, but the fact that he now seems to have the appeal now amongst companies, probably the same way as toxic waste does. I mean, um, we have the U- U- the Uber CEO who was part of uh, Donald Trump's advisory council. He's now left, uh, and the reason for it is because of all the criticism that he's been getting, not just from uh, his inner circle, from uh, you know, and also in Silicon Valley, but his, um, you know, the amount of people and even his users who are now deleting his app because of it, and it's just, uh, it, it's uh, you know, I'm not saying that he wasn't uh, you know bad enough before to be associated with, but now also I've been reading about uh, Ivanka Trump and that her um, fashion line has now been dropped. And uh, now she isn't doing so well, and uh, she's uh, you know the, and people saying that she's paying the price for becoming a Trump. I mean, it's uh, I don't know. It's uh, for me, it looks like um, it, this this does not look good right now for uh, for anybody who seems to want to be associated with uh, Donald Trump. And uh, it seems to be there seems to be this massive backlash now, not just from people, but from you know inner circles to say, look, get away from this guy. You know, you don't want anything to do with him, and uh, we're going to punish you because of it. Yeah, I, I mean, it's it's a shame, really, because sometimes if you side with someone from politics that not a lot of people really agree with, then it could either be one of two things. It could re- either be supportive for you, or it could either ruin you. Uh, it kind of reminds me of many years ago when the Dixie Chicks, which was this country western band who oh, sung yeah. a lot of songs, and they said some negative things about George W. Bush, and so many people were so negative on it, that the Dixie Chicks pretty much went, they were their reputations were ruined, and nobody went to their concerts. They were given death threats. They were, I mean, there was just a whole bunch of people who were saying like they weren't patriotic, they were un-American, and all that crap. And you know, ever since then, they pretty they're. I mean, we don't even hear about them anymore. So, again, you know, depending on where you stand in politics, if you're somebody really famous. I mean, sure, there's a lot of chance where you do stand up for yourself, and that's very commendable. Yeah, it's I, really I mean, weird show business actually... because you can have uh, Dixie Chicks, which uh, you know, obviously they're they're massive uh, fall from grace, and then you have someone you know, you have someone uh, like Madonna making controversial statements, and yet she can sell out a stadium. It's like you know, it's it's really strange. Yeah, but, th- but then again, you know, this was like 15 years ago compared to now, mm. in which you know everybody was all about you know, staying patriotic because of 9-11. I mean, our time, uh, you know, now compared to 15 years ago is something completely different. It's like when we look back on, like, um, 
you know, celebrities and, you know, a lot of them signed up to be communists, even though they weren't really communists, they were just signing up for a party. A lot of their reputations got ruined during the 50s. And, you know, most of them weren't really bad people at all. It's just, it was an unfortunate thing. Yeah. So it's just, it's, um, for me, I just wonder what's, um, you know, what, I mean, how many other people are going to now start, uh, you know, walking away from President Trump? Because, uh, you know, you've got this situation with, uh, you know, I'll keep this in mind. Um, Travis Kanalik was uh, one of, uh, probably, Uber was probably one of the very few um, I mean, besides PayPal, you know, with a piece of steel, you know, he he there was probably one of the very few uh, allies he probably had in Silicon Valley. If you looked at uh, various other uh, companies like Amazon and Expedia and uh, you know, various other ones, and uh, even to the point where you know uh, there was uh, you know rumblings going on that you know Mark Zuckerberg was going to run for president because you know Facebook was uh, was becoming a raw with uh, and a very at odds with uh, with Donald Trump. You know, it's. Um, yeah, it's, uh, it's, you know, right now there's many companies now that are now between a rock and a hard place. Do we risk, um, you know, being tweeted at by the presidents of the United States saying that, you know, our, our, our product sucks, or do we risk the wrath of our, uh, of our, um, um, of our consumers? And say that they're saying that you know, oh, we're going to boycott your products. We're going to ravel against you if you uh, come out in support of the presidents of the United States. It's uh, you're busy, doing a, you know. Imagine being a lot, being a. I mean, obviously, you know, uh, being a corporate owner probably isn't that bad in the United States right now. I mean, but uh, I mean, um, being in that uh, in that situation where you're pretty much having to pick and choose who who your allies are in politics. It's. Uh, I don't know. It's, uh, it makes you wonder if uh, you know the um, you know many uh, corporations now will probably say, "Well, we don't do politics, and we're just going to walk away," and uh, you know that's that's going to be it. So, seems that's been happening a lot lately. I mean, we even heard the the recent announcement that Trey Parker and Matt Stone, the creators of South Park, aren't going to make a lot of Donald Trump mocks anymore. Well, why? The the thing's a parody of itself. I mean, I don't. I really don't know. What other? I mean, I'll tell you what. The uh, the one person I would say who's benefiting right now out of uh, uh, out of the ridiculing Donald Trump has to be Trevor Noah of the Daily Show. Because if you think about it, Trevor Noah, when Obama was in office, didn't really have that much to work with because you know it was uh, you know many comedians even said it's very hard to make fun of the president, make fun of pre- uh, then President Obama. But now that uh, Trevor Noah has got um, got Donald has Donald Trump to work with in the White House. You know, not, obviously, you know, they're not working together. I mean, I'm not suggesting that at all. But uh, the fact that now he's got somebody to kind of uh, point at and uh, point out, you know, point out his hypocrisy and you know his uh, alternate facts, quote unquote. I mean, it's um, he seems to be the one who seems to be pro- you know profiteering out of uh, out of uh, out of Trump right now out of, out of all the entertainers. And you know, South Park has always been this. Uh, um, you know, trying to pull you know funnies out of uh, something that really isn't isn't that hilarious. And uh, but the problem is that uh, what Matt Stone and Trey Parker have got is that they now have something which is either you know can be made fun of, you know, that anybody can do it. So there's nothing innovative for South Park to do there, or you know, there has gone such to the extreme that making fun of it would be distasteful. And you know, he's like, you know, imagine that South Park not being able to make fun of something because it's distasteful. I mean, it's like yeah, I mean that's like if back then, uh, you know, going back again to 15 years ago, them not making you know jokes about 9/11. You know, remember the episode of oh, when they made fun of um, Osama bin Laden and they kind of made him like a Looney Tunes character? Yeah, well, that was a um, if you remember back in when you know World War II, uh, a lot of the uh, the cartoon, uh, you know, even Disney was uh, was was trying to you know poke fun at uh, Adolf Hitler and uh, and that and that was all part of the war efforts, you know, for uh, for for keeping people's morale up, but uh, yeah, I think in um, obviously with ni- the nine eleven episode, I think it was because uh, yeah, obviously something so negative had just happened, and so that was their kind of response to uh, to uh, you know try and make everybody laugh. And uh, I think uh, yeah, I think I think you know, even even Doug Walker says that that episode was necessary. I think for for uh, you know America's recovery, if you will. So, um, yeah, I think we really need that right now. I think we do need to have a chance to laugh. I mean, even with us doing this show or whatever projects that we do outside of the podcast, I think we do need to have an opportunity to make somebody feel happy in a time of uncertainty. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
Um, shall we talk about, um, well, keeping on Donald Trump at the, mo- at the meantime, um, shall we talk about Kellyanne Conway inventing a massacre? Oh, my God. I <laughs> I can assure you I've seen so many people posting on Facebook and Twitter going absolutely insane over the Bowling Green massacre. Yeah. How does she still have a job? Just, you know, it's I, like, this is what, I mean, I'm trying to think of someone who's worse than Kellyanne Conway as a, as a uh, PR representative. And I know that we have some people out there who are just absolutely terrible. And, you know, you wonder how they still have their jobs. Uh, I'm trying to think, I'm trying to think of someone right now. Um, yeah, but no one else, com- seriously, Kellyanne Conway is that bad. No one else comes to mind. That's, that's how, that, like that's PR? how bad she is. Well, yeah, someone who you know is uh, is saying one thing, but you know it's not true, or that it's. Uh, I mean, you you could probably point towards like uh, I don't know, uh, probably some parody ca- uh, um, characters. You could probably say. Um, I mean, the uh, comic kind of reminds me of all those like clickbait sites in which they see a picture and they see a huge name in an article, and then when you click on it, it just turns out to be complete nonsense. Oh, okay. But- Kelly Ann Conway is the living version of the internet. <laughs> and it's also it feels like a lot of people just don't know the difference between real journalism and yellow journalism anymore it's kind of like what you know the whole kelly conway thing because i've seen a lot of articles nowadays they'll talk about something that happened and if you actually do research behind it it's not even what happened yeah, yeah. it's like can we give you an example of that there's too many people doing it, though. Is It's really hard to distinguish between the professionals now and, and just anyone. That, that's the whole thing about social media. Citizen journalism is great for getting information, but it's really difficult to, to know the background. And not just fake news. Like I see a lot on Facebook. People will be, will be posting articles of something that could have happened five years ago, but people are reacting to it as if it's now because they've forgotten. And and so it's it's even creeping into professional journalism as well in terms of people getting the wrong end of the stick and it's just well, well it's did you see stick. did you see what i posted up on the uh, the Aramata show facebook page the, the let me let me read you something from uh, from the daily mail and uh, it's uh, mind you you, probably, you know everyone kind of gasped for breath after that if you're saying you know you're going <laughs> to you're going to read something from the daily mail it's like you know i have better things to do with oh by the way um um uh, Craig Bell has posted some more stuff on uh, from Steve Lawyer about uh, some Hey, it's Hey Arnold, Save the Jungle movie uh, sketches. So uh, if you want to check that out, that's uh, that's pretty cool. Um, but uh, anyway, you know, did you watch Question Time on uh, Thursday, Katie? At all? Did you hear about... Um, I saw a bit of it. I want, I want to watch more of it because I thought Nick Hewer looked like he was doing very well. Yeah, well, th- there was a moment in the show, and it's where a member of the audience said uh, that she questioned... That uh, the reason she changed her, re- her her EU referendum vote from remain to leave is on the basis of bananas. That they were apparently yeah. they were too straight. Yeah, but do you know what? I actually had conversations with people about that. Not that that was like the main issue that they were voting on, but it was certainly one of the issues that they were considering. Oh. And Cheers, think, Boris. And the, issue we had, the issue that we had with Brexit was that there was so many opinions going round but not enough education that's what i felt yeah you know and that's what but, i felt there wasn't enough unbiased objective views about the actual facts it was everything was tainted with opinion whether that be remain or leave and and so that's why i don't think some people were in possession of the full facts yeah but i'm going to read something here and i think this is a a condemnation of uh, of mainstream media right now and so there is a person who writes for the uh, mail on, for the Daily Mail online called Amy Gordon, and she wrote this uh, as a, as one of her articles: "Bonfire of the EU laws, from crooked cucumbers to powerful vacuum cleaners, the balmy Brussels regulations we can now get rid of." And one of those things that she said she w- they, they were going to get rid of in her article is ban on curvy bananas and crooked cucumbers, and. Uh, Oh, I think we just lost Katie. But uh, anyway, we'll uh, try and get back on the show. Uh, but, uh, you know, this is this is what Amy Gordon wrote. Keep this in mind. Now, she also wrote... Th- there's another article now that's been written, and it was, it was the bananas that did it for you. Question Time audience member baffles viewers by revealing she voted for Brexit after spotting a straight version of the fruit in Aldi. And guess who wrote that article? Amy Gordon. 
Oh. So, she wrote the article about the ban on curvy bananas, and then she goes back uh, about, what, nearly about six months later, and writes uh, another article about making, saying that uh, viewers were baffled by by straight fruit of bananas. So she carried this. She carried this story, and then she's making. She's uh, saying that people are baffled that people believe the story when she carried it. What the hell? I, I don't get it. I I don't get it either. I really don't. But uh, you know, going back to uh, so so anyway about this Bowling Green massacre. So for those of you who do not know what the Bowling Green massacre, quote unquote, is, it's uh, the. Um, Allegation that uh, a terrorist, effe- you know, a terrorist at- uh, uh, attack took place in Bowling Green, uh, which uh, two Iraqi men uh, were found guilty of for doing. And uh, there's a bit of a problem with that, though. There was no such massacre. It was only that uh, <laughs> the two people were arrested in Bowling Green and then were charged with terrorism offences. Now, I'm not saying that's not a bad thing. It's it's a terrible thing. Obviously, you know, it's uh, uh, you know, it's a great thing that they found these men and were able to put them behind bars. You know, because obviously that makes us all safer. But uh, that you can't invent your own massacres to justify, you know, like Muslim bans or hypening up security because that's that is blatantly dishonest absolutely dishonest and it's uh, and it's disgraceful and that's uh, vile too well she's she's basically turned around and said oh well you know i didn't mean to say that but you know how long i mean do you think she would have corrected herself if people didn't call her out on it probably not probably not no um just one last thing as well it's sort of kind of like uh, related to uh, what we normally talk about and it's uh, kind of mismatches with Donald Trump as well uh Walt Disney uh, chief executive uh, Bob Eager will no longer be attending uh, president Donald Trump's meeting uh for uh, corporate leaders uh that's what the Hollywood reporter and uh, deadline are saying so uh again it's uh, more people you know jumping off and saying you know uh, we want to kind of keep away from him and also there's uh, the thing as well uh going on in disney world uh you know they have the uh, the hall of presidents there and yes obviously, yes, yes obviously, I do. I've, ob- I've actually been to the hall of presidents at least once or twice in my trips to disney world yeah i mean how um how creepy would you say it is it's not creepy at all i mean you just you know you see you go through like the line and you see like a whole bunch of presidents and they have like these little um sections and then you get to see like the wax figures and you get to you know hear like a speech that they once said it's it's not that bad yeah i mean don't they like talk and stuff yeah they do they They do talk they they i mean not the the figurines but there's like a voiceover that says like a famous quote that they said you know like abe lincoln you know four score and seven years ago and you know whole whole bunch of other people saying that hmm yeah, it's because I've always, um, I mean, there was, um, I, I mean, right now there's a, uh, a ma- there's something where they're trying to get people to um, stop them from, uh, uh, sort of, uh, Donald Trump from talking. Um, that was, uh, that was something I heard about. Um, I don't huh. know if it's, I don't know if it's true or not. I mean, I not. thought it would be like way too soon to add in a Donald Trump um, wax figurine. Oh, look, look. Did they even do one for Obama yet? Um, they did one for Obama. Yeah, he's got one. Oh, okay. That's what I believe. That's what I'm told anyway. So uh, I'm not too sure. Uh, well, Katie says she's bowing out. So uh, tell you what, we'll uh, we'll continue on with the show, and uh, we'll uh, we'll continue with that. So thanks, Katie, for being on the show, and uh, yeah, we'll uh, get on. Uh, so so we'll meet you next week. Um, let's have another look. Um, Nintendo is doing its uh, is uh, say making more noise about its online service. Um, they're saying that it's going to be now paid out, uh, so you're going to have to pay for a subscription. So um, the current uh, noise at the moment is that uh, the uh, online subscription will be like for so for like kind of like PlayStation Plus and Xbox Live. Uh, their version of uh, the online uh, multiplayer um, platform it might run between uh, seventeen dollars to twenty six dollars. Hmm. I mean, considering that Nintendo is now doing more and more with their online capabilities, I mean, we'll just have to see how much worthwhile it is because in the past, there have been a lot of complaints about their online capabilities. Like, I remember many years ago when I tried to play Super Smash Bros. Brawl with somebody online and it kept lagging on me. 
and Aww. it was pretty limited to be quite honest i don't know i mean i'm, I'm hoping that their online capabilities have impre- have increased since then yeah otherwise well, i think that the price is a little bit steep yeah it sounds like they're making a, a dedicated platform to it from 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 what i can gather here so maybe that maybe it's going to get better because i think when it was like there for free I think it was. Um, I, th- I think it was kind of like just uh, you know you don't you know when you, when you, you when you're paying when you're not paying for anything. It's like uh, on a platform, you're kind of wondering where the uh, where the you know the the the, the effort's going into. And some people say it's like you know oh maybe it's the uh, the console price and like all the other you know the the profits that Nintendo were making. But yeah, but that's. Uh, you know, at one point, I think they were producing, um, you know, consoles at a very cheap rate, to enough, I think, to uh, to actually cover the cost of the console. So where would the uh, money go for the online service? And so maybe this is a uh, this um, payment plan that they're, they're going to be setting up for for Nintendo is obviously going to be uh, them seem to be making, you know, wanting to make a, a real effort into online uh, their online capabilities. So, uh, but the big problem with that is, is that, uh, you know, I've always known people when they buy, buy uh, you know, the Nintendo consoles, it's always in conjunction with another console. So, you know, people I know would buy an Xbox and buy a, a, a Nintendo console, whether it be, you know, the, you know, obviously before for me, it was an Xbox and a GameCube, and then it was an Xbox 360 and a Nintendo Wii, then it was an Xbox One and a Wii U, and uh, so now... You know, um, is it going? To, are people really going to want to have an Xbox Live subscription and a Nintendo Switch subscription, uh, and paying monthly for which will probably go around? Maybe, probably will be end up being if it ends up being uh, twenty five. Let's say it ends up being like twenty dollars. So you're paying forty dollars a year already for um, uh, for the Xbox Live, and now you're paying an extra twenty dollars on let's say you know the nintendo switch just for argument's sake so you're probably pushing up about uh, 60 dollars a year uh for uh, for paying for online services for both uh, the xbox live and the nintendo switch and i don't know if people are really going to want to pay 60 pound 60 dollars a uh, uh a year for you know having to go online with one you know with uh, both both consoles i think they'll probably choose either one or the other and unfortunately they might choose xbox live yeah Hmm. We'll just have to see. I mean, I know there are a lot of people who are dedicated to playing online, but yeah, I mean, I think personally for me, I would have to choose either one or the other. Yeah. Not both. Yeah. That's yep. just too much money. Do you know what I really worry about this? Uh, about this though is uh, if Nintendo decide, okay, we're going to do always online gaming, and you have to pay, and you can't just have the have the game. You have to uh, also uh, subscribe to the uh, subscription in order to uh, keep the game that you've purchased. That's what I kind of uh, worry they might. If they go in that direction, oh, Nintendo are not going to be popular. I mean, the same thing pretty much happened for when the Wii's Virtual Console switched over to the Wii U, and instead of the Wii U's um, having the same purchase of the Virtual Console, you had to pay for the game again instead of transfers over from one game to another at the beginning, and everybody was, like, really upset about it. You wonder why everyone becomes retro gamers, don't you? It's like, you know, when they go to the conventions and want to try and get good deals on on, on games, and it's like people turn around and say, well, can't you get that on the Virtual Console? Well, that's why. It's like, you know, you might as well just own the real game. Yeah, and there's a lot of games on Virtual Console that aren't even available, and it's just a shame. I mean, if you want to have, like, a really obscure game that you could never have on the Virtual Console, you have to have it, you know, have to have a physical copy, and sometimes they can be even more expensive. I remember a time in which you had to pay, like, 80 bucks for Earthbound for the Super Nintendo, but then when it was released on Virtual Console, made it a lot cheaper, then it was a lot easier for people. Same thing happened when I remember about Demon's Crest, that being a rare game, and you had to buy it. And I think somewhere you got to download it for like a couple of bucks. I mean, and then there's also the licensing issues, like for Mega Man Legends 1 and 2, in which they had all those licensing for like a whole bunch of Japanese companies and they couldn't release it on PlayStation Network because of copyright claims and they had to work around um, you know the legal issues 
and it's pretty much the same thing, you know, but hopefully Nintendo would not do that in which you only have to pay a certain amount of games, or if you have to buy your games from now on, you just have to have a subscription. That just wouldn't be right. Hmm. I just hope that um, you know Nintendo do the do the do the wise thing. I think basically say, look, here's here's the games. You know, here's the uh, you know you can buy that you can buy the games. You don't necessarily need the need the subscription. You know, uh, you can ha- the subscription will only be for like you know the multiplayer uh, aspect of it. So you can still keep the games that you've got. And uh, I don't know. I think maybe they should. I mean, maybe this might be the beginning of it. Maybe it's like you know if you have uh, you know if they're going to really be going all out on their um, their, their online and also multiplayer platform, maybe they might be gearing up towards saying, uh, okay, well, if you purchase, you know, you'll set up a Nintendo account and then you'll purchase the games on that account. And then what you'll do is uh, every time a new Nintendo console comes out, you get to keep the games that you purchased on the virtual console. I mean that for me that would be the that would be a great thing because then you yeah. would have no fear of going to the next Nintendo console because it's like well I've got all my purchases here so there's no you know there's no point so I can just keep going you know and uh, go on to the next console and it gives me something to because this is the thing I really hate game com- companies that basically say well here's a brand new console but you can't play your old games on it and or you have to wait until you know the backward compatibility module gets made, and uh, then you like playing uh, you know a game that you really love like uh, like thirty frames a second. So like you know it's uh, why not just have it where you're gonna like say okay here's the games console that we're gonna make, and it'll also be backward compatible with your other games. I don't understand you know in the time where we have like virtualization of uh, you know because that's what the Xbox One does. It's a you know it has a virtual Xbox 360 built into it now. So like I don't understand why they can't just say here's the game console. There's a virtual console also in it where you can play your old games in. You know I, d- I don't understand why that can't work. Uh, why why you know, sorry not how it can't work. I can't understand why they can't do it. That would uh, it's just yeah it, make, it makes no sense to me. Hmm. Shall we talk about uh, maybe we're, this is going to wrap up the show? Uh, should we talk about Pixar and uh, the short that's going to accompany their next film? Sure. Okay, so, I mean, let's start off with the film itself, Cars 3. It's like, you know, after oh. the bad <laughs> after the bad taste in my mouth that Cars 2 left. It's like, you know, and I never was a big fan of Cars anyway, you know. I know, I always thought uh, Cars was a vehicle to, you know, funnily enough, a vehicle to sell toys. It's like, you know, it's pretty like, much. yeah, pretty, pretty much. It was a legit, it was a, um, not only was Cars... Uh, you know, like, you know, vehicles. They were, like, also metaphorical vehicles for deploying toys to kids, I thought. And uh, I just thought at that point, you know, it it did feel like a point where it didn't feel like Pixar was trying, in a way, because it just... uh, I don't know, maybe maybe there was some, you know, good intentions probably put into, into the Cars franchise, but... It, you know, would you say it's up there with Toy Story, Ratatouille, uh, The Incredibles? I mean, it's not on that level. No. We, we all have to close. admit that. No. And who knows? Maybe, you know, we've all seen the trailer, haven't we, for Cars 3? You know, oh, it's, yeah. I've yeah. seen the trailer, and I can assure you that... I, I remember seeing. I think I saw the trailer in theaters when I was seeing. Um, I don't. I don't remember what movie I was watching, but I remember when I was seeing the trailer, and there was like a bunch of reactions. There was like a little kid who was like crying, and then there was a bunch of people who were like, "Woo, yeah!" <laughs> and it's. It's such a stark contrast because you would never some you would never expect something like cars to take a dark direction like that. It, it kind of reminds me. I think it was this one person who even said it's kind of like in the Rocky movies. It's like you see this one guy who's like the coolest of them all, and he's rising to the top. And then in, in the third movie, he's like this old has been, and then there's this guy who's trying to replace him, and he has to make way and try to get himself back on top or something i don't know but yeah well yeah it should be really interesting with this where else were they gonna go i mean it's like i mean i i could probably think of some really horrible ways they could go with this but uh i mean i guess this is an interesting turn i think for cars I and mean, who knows maybe it's probably a uh an evolution for cars who i mean i'm hoping because i mean uh i mean how long has it been now since cars came out because it must have been um, a good long while ago now. 
I think, the original well, Cars see. movie. I mean, I think I remember, I think Cars was like almost 10 years ago and Cars 2 was... I think I remember Cars 2 came out around the same time as the last Harry Potter movie. Oh, it's, uh, it, was, it was June 9th, being... 2006. I've just looked it up now. But, uh, I mean, yeah, because I think people who follow the Cars franchise, I mean, let's say, for example, you went to go see Cars when you were seven. Okay. How sure. old How old will you be now? You'd be 17? Well, no, you'd be 18 now. And, yeah. yeah. Going to college. Going to college. Crap. So, you know... It looks like it's going towards those people who watched that who watched that original film and probably have forgotten about the second film, hopefully. And uh, <laughs> th- then they're, so they're, I think that's what that's the demographic they're going towards. You know, saying oh here's so this. So it's kind of like a more darker version of Toy Story three, in which like if you were seven years old when you watched the first Toy Story, and then you j- jump onto Toy Story three, and you see Andy all grown up, and you see um, the toys wondering about where they're going to go to next is that kind of like the car's equivalent okay i was uh, i'm just looking at this now i was 10 years old when toy story came out and uh, when toy story 3 came out i was um oh well i was about 15 oh hang on a second i was probably oh 95 2000 2005 2010 i was probably 15 years older after that mm-hmm. so i was uh well i was 25 when uh when Toy Story 3 came out. Well, that was seven years ago? Yeah. Wow. Toy Story 3 was seven years ago, people. Oh my god. That's the title of the show. Uh, <laughs> 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 uh, yeah, so, um, yeah, but, uh, yeah, so, uh, Toy Story 3 was seven years ago. I can't believe that. It's uh, that's, that's that's crazy. But, um, yeah, I think, um, I mean, obviously we've not we've talked about the short that's going to be coming out before it, but uh, the short is going, that's going to be six minutes, uh, the one that always comes out before a Pixar film, is going to be called Lou, and it looks into a journey of familiar territory for Pixar, toys being abused by a bully and a good-natured hero teaching a bully a lesson. Um, wasn't that kind of the story arc of Toy Story? Yeah, yes. exactly. Yeah, I mean, it's like... I bet what it was is that they wanted to... Um, they couldn't think of anything else. And it's like, you know what? Let's just make this Toy Story-like, but <laughs> let's not make it where it's different enough from Toy Story that people won't think it's like Toy Story. Yeah, it's like, hey, everybody, I know I know, Cars 3 is coming up, but do you remember that story that when we were good? If that came out in 1995, that idea? Yeah, it's like... Uh, uh. I guess maybe because they were burned out by lava that they thought that, hey, you know, let's stop thinking about original ideas. Let's see if we can go back to basics. Mm, I just think... Uh, well, I mean, let's give this a chance. I mean, you know, when was the last, when was the last time we met a Pixar short we didn't like? I mean, and we're, we're talking like, you know, forget the ones that came out in, you know, long, long time ago that appeared on Sesame Street. I mean, uh, the, uh, I mean, the, uh, the one with the seagulls I liked. Um, yeah, that's nice. Lava's my favorite, by far. I love lava. And uh, the stork one was good. And, I uh, love lava. Yeah, I love lava. And uh, I, I got the, uh, there's like, if you go on Spotify, you can get the uh, the music for it. So, uh, oh, cool. That's neat. Yeah, I, I got that on my, in my album list. And uh, then I'm trying to think of all the other shorts that came out. I mean, what was the one? There was uh, let's see, there was the one with um, the two musicians fighting over who was going to get the the coin. There was the old man playing chess. There was the knight and the and the sun, and they kind of like did this competition to see who would be the best. Um, oh, and... there was uh, the uh, the the UFO driving test. Uh, lifted. Yeah, yeah, I remember that one as well. Mm. I never saw Sanjay's Super Team. Uh, the never one seen the... that one too. Yeah. Well, that one was before the Good Dinosaur, so I that many people saw that. But uh, oh, there, oh, Piper was the one with the seagulls, you know, before Finding Dory, and uh, mm-hmm. yeah. Uh, and then there was the um, the one with the sheep, I think. Mm, there was, um, yeah, I think that was. Uh, oh, that was uh, Bounding, wasn't it? Before yeah, the Incredibles. Bounding, yeah. And then there was for the birds before Monsters Inc. And uh, mm-hmm. wasn't that the one with the? That was the one with the, uh, yeah, with the birds on the line. I think it was. And uh, then, uh, oh yeah, and uh, I remember now. They uh, played. Um, they either played Luxo Junior, Red Dream, Tin Toy, or Nick Knack before the Toy Story, um, and Toy Story Two, and Finding Nemo um, movies. I remember. They, I remember they did that, and you got like a choice between you know whatever you got. But uh, um, there was. Uh, 
ones that were also related to the features. Uh, oh, Riley's first date was brilliant. I love Riley's first date. I've never seen that one. Really? It's like, it's the, uh, if you get the uh, DVD, I think it's the Blu-ray version of Inside Out. If you get that, you'll get the short. And uh, okay, so cool. that's Aww. the one where uh, Riley is, uh, well, the, you remember the boy in the final scene? That, uh, yes. Yeah. That's, he, he's, he's, he, go, he knocks on the door and the dad answers and he's like, is Riley there? And then all the uh, the emotions in dad's head, he goes, red alert! And just, uh, that was, uh, that was fun. And um, then there was uh, oh there was Bernie which uh, was a uh, spin-off of the uh, of the Wally um, uh, one that was uh, when he got locked outside the ship and he has to get back in again. And, never seen uh, that one. Never seen that one. I've never seen Doug's special mission. Um, I've never seen that one either. No, I think there's a few of these. Jack 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 Attack I've seen. Uh, that's the one oh, yeah, where I've seen that one too. yeah the one with uh, the babies and Mike's new car is uh, part of you 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 just got that with anything. So uh, that was uh, actually that was nominated for uh, an Academy Award for best animated film oh. short. So uh, oh well, it's like uh, keeping John Goodman in the studio just a little bit longer actually paid off. So <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and uh, do you know what I miss about the Pixar films though? Um, they don't do the you know, you know they did the, um, the 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 outtakes you know in uh, in Monsters Inc. and they also did them in Toy Story. So yeah, I, uh, yeah, I they, remember that. They were funny. Like I like them. Yeah, I might go back and watch those actually, and uh, so uh, yeah, I mean, because as you can see, as we've, we've just talked out before, like look, Pixar love to do shorts, and you can tell they love to do shorts because they're good, and uh, you know, so uh, it's uh, and you you go you pick up a movie, you pick up Wally, you pick up Ratatouille, you pick up Car. Well, mind you, I'm not sure you pick up Cars, but uh, you pick up out up, you pick up Toy Story three. It's like you know, you'll get a good shot with them as well so uh yeah there's uh, definitely that yeah and i think that uh, the disney shorts are also making a bang for their buck with their uh sh- theirs as well hmm. yeah so uh, i, I think remember that's... when i remember when i first saw paper man before seeing wrecked ralph and how amazed of it i, I was with it hmm well i think that's all we've got at the moment so uh yeah i think uh, we'll uh, we'll wrap up the show and uh yeah, guys, pleasure as always, and uh, yeah, hopefully we'll, uh, I'll see you next week. Hey everybody, this is an extra part of the uh, the episode that was, uh, we're going to attach onto the show, because uh, Josh has uh, come to join us, so hey Josh, how are you doing? I'm good, how are you Aaron? Yeah, doing okay. So, um, let's talk about this upcoming Beauty and the Beast um, remake that's uh, going to come on. I mean... Um, I mean, I'll, I'll give you the floor first because uh, I want to kind of like get your take on it and then kind of like, uh, you know, build up on it. Because right now, I'm not feeling the vibe. You know, it's like uh, when the Beauty, the original Beauty and the Beast came out in the 90s, there was kind of a vibe to it. But for me, yeah. there isn't a vibe right now. I mean, I don't know about yourself. Uh, well, here's the thing. Like, I've, you know, I've actually, uh, I've kind of wrote a, an article about it recently that... I, I felt some skepticism at first about the whole remake of Beauty and the Beast because I, you know, I never heard Emma Watson singing. I've never heard uh, uh, the other actors. Uh, oh, I mean, Ewan McGregor, I've heard him sing in Milan Rouge, but uh, Emma Thompson, never heard. I've never heard her have any uh, singing background. But then, you know, as the as there were more, you know, trailers coming by, it it, it seemed like that Emma Watson would definitely succeed in the acting part of the movie you know, just as you know as an actress she's pretty good uh, but i keep asking when are we going to hear her sing <laughs> and then finally this uh recording of something there started playing and i thought okay that's you know it's not professional but the voice definitely works you know and yeah, Actually, I guess they were kind of going for more like you know a musical kind of uh, angle, yeah. really, rather than you know because you know actors who perform in musicals. I mean, obviously, you know the acting is probably more you know uh, I would say more uh, upfront rather mm-hmm. than the musical because I think if the uh, if the uh, the vocals I think uh, would uh, was uh, important in a, in a production, I think it'd be more of an opera than it would be. Uh, uh, right. a musical but you know it's um for me i mean that that part of it doesn't bother me i think the whole feel of it i mean it kind of feels like where we were with the jungle book 
I think. You know, it yeah, looked it's... like it was going to be really cool and really gritty, and uh, but this feels more like you know I, I, the one thing that bothers me about about this uh-huh. is not, is the beast kind of himself because you know they look like with the beast they look like they're going to try and make him into some kind of uh, you know um, likable character, and you know to say uh, that he's not a likable character. I mean, obviously right. that's you know, but in in the in the cartoon he looked monstrous. You know, it's like you know okay. there was. There, yeah, they look like there was something to be afraid of. While in this, he he just kind of looks like they're trying to make him look like there's some kind of handsome features to him. I mean, the face somewhat still looks human, and the only mm-hmm. he, he seems to just have this kind of like massive goatee in this uh, in these horns that they've stuck on the top of his head. I'm just, I'm just looking at the uh, <laughs> at the poster, but, uh, I mean, I, even looking at the poster, I would say, yeah, this looks more like, you know, um, something you'd see at a local production, I guess. I mean, I, that's, I, that's, that's, I know that's being incredibly cruel, but it just that's the kind of vibe I seem to get from it, from all the promotional material that's currently going around it at the moment. I mean, the creators are, you know, the producers, they're, they're doing somehow doing that for a reason. They're, they're going to make it somewhat different, a little more of a, you know, Give it more of a live action look here. But, I mean, if you see the final trailer of the film, you'll see that there's some kind of, like, this part where the beast does become a little bit scary. Hmm. Like, it's, which is pretty interesting. If you saw the final trailer, like, I don't know if you saw the final trailer or not, but, like. No, I've not seen the trailers yet. Oh, yeah, because I saw the final trailer and I thought, oh, my God, that's, I, my yeah. dad, I just bought my tickets already. Yeah, I guess. Literally. <laughs> yeah, I guess the big problem with me is is that I think it's not really engaged me. I don't think right. as much as um, the other. Uh, I mean, I'm looking at some of the uh, production for it as well, and I think I know what they seem to be going for here. I think they're going for a more uh, refined and more polished, I guess, um, mm-hmm. view for this. And uh, well, uh, you know, it's um, but they're just. Um, I don't know. They're just. Uh, they're, I'm yet to be kind of convinced by it. I guess by. Uh, I guess maybe yeah. maybe when I go see it, maybe because I will keep this in mind, everybody. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to be able to review it at the same time. Josh is because it comes out in America before it comes out here, so it's going to be a good two months before I see it. But uh, I don't know. It's, it's like uh, I remember when the Jungle Book came out. And uh, the Jungle Book looked like it was going to be really gritty and really exciting to watch, and then uh, uh, then when I went out and watched it, and I realised how you know awkwardly put together it was. And uh, I'm hoping now when they do this, I hope they're going to look at this and say, you know, look at the back of the Jungle Book and say, yeah, it was uh, kind of, you know, somewhat awkwardly put together. Let's not do that for this one. Let's have it kind of uh, flow better. Let's have it uh, kind of like have it stick to kind of some kind of theme. Because, you know, if you remember back in, I know I'm going I'm, to I'm keep going on about this, but I remember looking at the, you know, the uh, the King Louis scene and thinking that this is only out of The Godfather. And then all of a sudden, the, you know this music starts playing up, and all of a sudden there's a there's the uh, the music number from uh, uh, the original film, and I just thought, what? It's like you know, it's uh, that was just a really strange moment, and I really hope this that type of I'm not going to get that type of feeling again in this film, because I think I'll not have much of a comfortable viewing experience if we end up in that situation. It's a, it, I, I guess because uh, you know the remake for the Jungle Book, it just. I didn't get that uh, same feeling as I did when I watched the original animated film because you know it's like for example the the live action film was so much darker. Mm-hmm. It, it's it has like a, somebody dies in that movie. Uh, but why well, actually, why the musical why is the music numbers? That's the one thing that bothers me. It's like you know if you're yeah. gonna go, I mean the bare necessities one uh, musical number makes sense. I mean because it's a lighter yeah. moment in the film. The other ones to me, don't feel like they belong. And uh, that kind of bothers me a bit. And so, uh, but I'm just looking at, anyway, move, we have to move away from it. We're supposed to be talking about Beauty and the Beast rather than the Jungle Book. But that was just, you know, how that how that bothered me. But, right. uh, I mean, the other part of it, I guess, would be Gaston, I think, himself. Because <laughs> if you look, you know, if you remember Gaston from the cartoon, you know, he was a big, rugged, massive he guy. <laughs> he was, he was. He looked like he could, he looked like he could, he could go to WrestleMania and win the WWE title. That's, that's right. the type of guy he was. And because he, he had the look, he had the straight, at the body, he had the charisma. He, he looked like a professional wrestler. He looked like a really bad guy. You know, I mean, also, you know, he could flip between being a good guy and a bad guy, but, you know, he's obviously this cocky, mm-hmm. you know, bad guy, but, you know, and he's also, well, uh, look, 
looked like, you know, he was, uh, he looked like he would be the hero of the film. If you think about it, you know he would be the guy who uh, you know. You yeah. never watched Be- yeah, Beauty and the Beast before. Out to be a psychotic killer. Yeah, he does. <laughs> and but uh, you know, in this, he looks so normal. He doesn't look striking at all. He looks. I mean, he's looking at some of the uh, the screenshots that are in that are in here. I'm just looking at all the uh, the Gaston screenshots. I think there are times where he does look wide, but you know, when you look at him at some angles, he doesn't really look that intimidating in mm-hmm. my way i f- i feel well, like if uh, if you know if like uh, if i said who could you know if i put uh, Gas- gaston from the cartoon against gaston in real life i'd say the cartoon gaston would win in a fight i think i would say you know, i'd say so too you know but i you know i don't want to compare the two exactly but like uh and the, the actor that plays gaston uh, in the live action version he does have a uh, you know he does have like a, if you google his uh, image it, you know, Google him as Gaston or something. You can see that he does have like, uh, you know, quite a body. Oh, okay. <laughs> he does. He, he does have quite a. But it's not as muscular as the original animated film. Yeah. He's just, yeah, just it's just like a normal, uh, well fit body, right? Yeah, now. but that's the thing. It's like you know, this is the guy who eats five dozen eggs and to get you know to get large. It's like you know, uh, this, yeah. is, this is a guy. This is. I a, eat. I eat yeah. eggs every morning. So, <laughs> yeah, but like this is, you know, he's he's raw from what I understand. But um, yeah, this is um, I mean, he should be quite. I mean, I really hope they don't do the you know, oh, I eat five dozen eggs to get large because it's like, well, you're not large. You you look no. <laughs> looking at one of the screenshots here, you kind of look kind of the same as other people in this in the shot. Unless so. they do something about him, like yeah. Yeah, they, I think they, they need. Put... I know. I know. They're probably what they're afraid of is that I don't think they want to like. Uh, you know, uh, I think back in the day they probably would have liked had like some kind of like Hulk Hogan kind of guy. You know, uh, if they were doing a live action, like someone like really big and someone really you know like a wrestler or like something like that. You know, who knows? Maybe they probably that was probably what they may have wanted. To, I don't know. Maybe that's probably not what they want to go for. Maybe they just want to go on his uh, his handsome looks and the fact that he's uh, you know maybe they're going to do the swerve where you know he acts like a nice guy and then he uh, yeah. he flips, which. I'm not sure. Yeah, but I, I just think I just feel that um, I mean, if they were going for it, I feel like you know they really should make him you know a huge muscle night muscle guy. I like think Dwayne, Dwayne the Rock Johnson. Maybe, well, maybe <laughs> Dwayne Johnson, maybe, but yeah, uh, maybe. I don't know. Maybe he didn't. Maybe they gave him the role. Oh, asked, maybe they asked him to do the role. Maybe he turned it down. Maybe that's the right reason they ended up with it, this this guy. But uh, Luke Evans. But um, I mean, no disrespect to Luke Evans. Maybe he's a, maybe he's a good actor. I mean, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, he actually. You know, the the thing is, they're gonna make one thing that hasn't changed about Gaston in the live action film is that he's gonna be that same comic relief character. Uh, you know, he's gonna well, be Gaston wasn't really. What should we call it? Um, it wasn't exactly him. That was the um, the, the comic relief. It was, uh, well, was Louis A. Who uh, was uh, Louis A. Was the uh, the the, the comic relief, the buffoon. Yeah, but yeah. I think um, I I just think when I look at him and I think you know, I, there's a part of me that believes you know he doesn't look like a guy who could take on a beast to me. Mm. I think if um, I mean they should have uh, I mean even then they, I mean, maybe they should have like CGI'd him or something I don't know maybe they should have mm-hmm. made him look you know more uh, gave him more presence because at the moment looking at the screenshots of him with other ones maybe you know maybe I might be uh, complaining about this far too much maybe they uh, maybe there's you know, probably maybe, newer versions Luke, of them but you know I think they need to make him look more uh, make his presence look more felt I, I think, think they just this. want Luke, you know Luke Evans has that evil face. Yeah. So I, you know, that evil dark face that you know women are could be attached to sometimes, but I, it's it, I think that uh, you know he can play someone that's so entirely evil just because he can't get what he wants. Yeah, <laughs> I think that's I think that's uh, maybe that's why they hired him because maybe he has that face, that evil ish face. Maybe I don't. I just look at the uh, you know you look at you know the uh, the the Gastons that, that they used to have uh, who uh, used to go around Disney World and you know he challenged people yeah. like to press up competitions and stuff like that. That's my idea <laughs> of Gaston in real life. You know this just this huge you know massive guy. But yeah, it's just I just feel like the you know the Gaston we get in uh, in Disney World I think is uh, you know and I, yeah I know he's probably based off the cartoon and not the real thing. Actually that's I mean, that's, that's something I'm going to be interested to see what they're going to do. You know yeah. once this once this Gaston comes out what are they going to do with the guy in uh, in uh, in Disney World? Are they going to you know obviously update him or is they going to I don't know that's uh, that's going to be interesting. We, we never know. It's just 
But I, you know, I'm not gonna, you know, judge anything until I see the movie itself. And that's, and you know, you can still buy your tickets early. And I, I bought my tickets. Hope and, you know, hopefully, I do feel, you know, I still have a little bit of skepticism left, but I got my fingers crossed. Let's just put it at that. Hmm. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I think that's um, that's my that's my feeling towards it. So I guess. Uh, I'm hoping that uh, the uh, this. Um, I mean, let me let me get let me uh, just say this as well. Um, I want this film to succeed. I mean, I you know, there's yeah. not a. I mean, obviously, there's uh, this is a you know a a, a subject close to uh, close to my childhood because you know Beauty and the Beast was part of that. But uh, I mean, we, we do want this. Uh, I mean, I do want this film to succeed. You know, if uh, yeah, and, it, and I've had my doubts about uh, other films before. They're like, why did they hire that guy, or mm-hmm. why did they hire? Uh, uh, Emma Stone to be in a musical, but yeah. turns out she won a lot of uh, awards for her film. Yeah, but and, and so, don't get me wrong, it's like if they want to take, uh, if they're going to take these characters in completely different directions and do a uh, massive retelling, it's like good luck. You know, it's like I really hope it works out well. Uh, yeah. Whether everyone will like it or not is uh, going to be up for is going to be up for debate. But uh, I think um, you know, yeah, I just hope that this uh, production they do is uh, going to be. Uh, is going to be good for them because uh, I really hate for a Disney to go back into a movie situation where you know Pixar's picking up the slack and uh, mm. you know the uh, the Disney films are not uh, doing as well before. So uh, okay, mm. yeah, <laughs> yeah. So uh, it's um, yeah, because I guess that's all I really got to say about it. Really, so uh, there's not much mm. else really to cover. So uh, yeah, I guess that's all I have to say about the film too. Just that. You know, don't judge a book by its cover. Just wait, and I—no pun intended for the movie—but <laughs> mm. um, just uh, you know, as soon, don't judge the movie until you see it, and you know, see how if you like the movie and all that. And yeah, that's—I yeah. think it's definitely something that's worth the buying, worth paying twenty dollars for a ticket. Yeah, I guess I'll also say um, I will say something positive about it. Emma Watson, I think, will be a very good choice for Belle. Oh I yeah, think. she's. Like both bells, both the original and the Broadway bell, both said that she's perfect for the role. <laughs> yeah, I think that. I think there's. I think there's going to be about. I think that's the. I think that's going to be the, the big positive. I think of, uh, of Beauty and the Beast 2017. So uh, yeah, let's all hope for the best. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Cool. All right then. Thanks, Josh. I think uh, we'll leave cool. it there. Uh, you've been listening to the Aaron Meta Show. It's uh, facebook.com forward slash Aaron Meta Show. It's twitter.com forward slash Aaron Meta Show. And also, if you uh, want to uh, check out me on iTunes, Player FM, Stitcher, just search the Aaron Meta Show and uh, then subscribe to us there. And uh, all, all your subscriptions will be very uh, grateful as well. Also, I keep getting asked, you know, where can I find the Craig Ballard interviews? If you go to AaronMeta.co.uk, and if you search for the Craig Bartlett interviews there, I'll put up a link on the top of the uh, the website at some point, and so you can all find them all there. So there's literally like eight hours of Craig Bartlett if you want to listen to them all. So it's uh, it's a worthy listen. And uh, so if you spend if you've got nothing to do for like uh, you know ha- like an entire day, then you can just listen to Craig Bartlett and me uh, talk about you know uh, what happened in the past and what's going on in the future about uh, Hey Arnold the Jungle Movie and all that cool stuff. So. Thank you very much for checking out the show. I hope uh, you all enjoyed yourselves. Take care, and bye-bye for now.